Blog Talk Radio. morning, afternoon, or evening, and welcome to Hope for Today. My name is Najee E. Brown, your host, and we thank you for your support and participation. Hope for Today is an outreach program with Yield to the King Ministry, and our hope and prayer for our listening audience all over the world is that you hear something that is encouraging, life-altering, or prompting you to study the Word of God. We welcome your comments anytime, and you can reach us through our website at yieldtothekingministry.org. Well, welcome to today's episode entitled, For Such a Time as This. And I want to say that I'm so happy to be back. I had a guest in the studio for the past couple of episodes during the month of February, Dr. Michael Lay, and I thank him uh, dearly that he sort of covered for me. But anyway, I'm back and I'm glad to to spend some time with you today. As always, I'm going to go to the promotional material and it reads, God transcends space and time, yet time belongs to him. We cannot speed up nor delay time. He ordains the seasons of life. Our life belongs to him. We are in his mighty hands. We cannot change the earthly seasons, winter, spring, summer, and fall. All of God's creation serves a purpose for such a time as this. God is still speaking and letting us know time is of the essence. What season of life are you in? Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1 says, There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the sun. God is not random. There is a great comfort in knowing that God is a God of order. So, for such a time as this. Well, I recently attended a memorial service for my niece's father. He went home to be with the Lord in January this year. And all of us, her aunties, my four sisters, so there's five of us, came together to support our niece. Some were more involved than others. And I was asked to provide the Old and New Testament scriptures for the program. I selected Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. And it reads, this is a New International Version. There is a time for everything and and a season for every activity under the sun. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. I was looking for a scripture that would be comforting, of course, and explain that life and death are in God's hands. As I was reading the passage, I was reminded of how God knows everything. There's nothing new under the sun. What an awesome thought that we can leave everything and all the details of life to God. And the seasons of life we go through or encounter are not new to him. In fact, our days and seasons are ordained because time is in his hands. In the book of Second Peter, chapter 3, verses 8 through 9, these are the New International Version, um, the New International Version, I should say, it reads, But, beloved, do not forget 
this one thing, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. Verse 9 says, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God is not bound by time. He doesn't pay attention to 24 hours in a day, seven days a week, you know, 365 days in a year. He transcends time. He is infinite. When you think about time, we pay attention to seconds, minutes, hours, days, months, years, and decades. Time dictates what we do or what we have done, how we do it, and for how long we do it. History is tied to time. Childbirth is tied to time, the gestational period. Our employment is tied to time. Then our payroll hours in a, in, a, in, a, in a year or a month. Our vacations are tied to time. We make reservations based on time and availability. We fly based on time. And we, we look at the weather conditions based on our destination. Everything we do is tied to time. In Psalm 104, verse 19, the New International Version says, He made the moon to mark the seasons and the sun knows when to go down. Just think, this is not random. You know, astronomy deals with time, space, and the galaxy. And astronomy is, as we all know, is the study of the sun, moon, stars, planets, comets, gas, galaxies, dust, and other non-earthly bodies and phenomena. I think that scientists, are still in awe over how our planets are strung together, how the stars hang in the galaxy, and how everything is aligned perfectly. You just think about that. That is a thought to behold. We know God created the heavens and the earth. I remember as a child, my father used to identify the constellations. He'd take us outdoors and it'd be pitch black and we could see up in the sky and see the stars twinkling and sparkling. And he would name for us the Big Dipper, the Little Dipper. He'd point out Orion and the Gemini twins. It was amazing to see. And as an adult, I think about the various astronomical phenomena that have happened over and occurred over, you know, thousands of years, but we've been able to uh, witness some of these uh, occurrences, you know, the solar eclipse and the infamous comets that make appearances occasionally. What about life? When someone who is aged and has lived a long time, well into their 80s, their 90s, or maybe even their 100s, their death usually sits well with us. Because we know when we get older, our bodies tire out and they get worn out and they ache and all those good things. Life and old age have a way of complementing one another. But what happens when we experience the death of a baby, a child, a teen, or a young adult? For some reason, their death seems untimely and out of order. Yet we know that God is a God of order Life and death are in his hands. In the book of Job, chapter 14, verse 5, this is the New Living Translation. It says, a man's days are numbered. You know the number of his months. He cannot live longer than the time you have set. Let's go one step further and read. 
uh, I'm going to read Ecclesiastes, but in the promotional material, I asked, what season of life is this for you? And I asked myself this. Another question I have is, where has God placed you? What is he asking you to do? Is time on your side? Is this season of life producing a harvest for you? Or is this season of life barren? So in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 through 15, the New International Version, it reads, there is a time, and this is a repeat from verses 1 through 4 that I read earlier. There is a time for everything and a, time, and a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. Verse 5 says, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to search and a time to give up. And a time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. Verse 9 says, what do workers gain from this toil? I have seen the burden God has laid on the human race. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. Verse 12 says, I know that there is nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live. Verse 13 says, that each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all their toil. I know that everything God does will endure forever. Nothing can be added to it and nothing taken from it. God does it so that people will fear him. And then verse 15 says, whatever is has already been and what will be has been before. And God will call the past to account. You know, it's in the book of Esther, chapter 4, verses 13 through 14, that this famous phrase for such a time as this was recorded. So in Esther, chapter 14, verses, uh, chapter 4, excuse me, verses 13 through 14, and this is the New King James Version, it reads, And Mordecai told them to answer Esther, Do not think in your heart that you will escape in the king's palace any more than all the other Jews. Verse 14 says, for if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Esther was placed where she was for such a time as this. She was to do God's bidding in Susa, the capital of Persia. She was used by God to carry out his deliverance for the Jews in Persia. For such a time as this was the question at hand. By the grace of God, Esther was in place. But she initially didn't want to approach the king because it was against the law. She had not been summoned by the king. Mordecai sent word to Esther to remind her of God's sovereignty. She was exactly where God wanted her to be for such a time as this. 
What season of life is this for you? What time is it for you? Think about it. For such a time as this, it's time that we stop operating with a self-indulgent and self-preserving mindset. You know, uh, eventually Esther conceded. She paid attention to what Mordecai was saying. They fasted and the Jews were delivered. But before she knew that they were going to be delivered, her famous statement in Esther chapter 3, verse 16 is, if I perish, I perish. She was willing to go forward and to approach the king before she was summoned. And if she ended up losing a life, she said, if I perish, I perish. Dr. Tony Evans said, and I quote, God has given each of us a job, position, resources, education, and more. God has opened opportunities to optimize his kingdom purposes. He didn't place you or me where we are so we could eat figs all day long or post pictures on social media. He placed us wherever we are because we are in the midst of a battle, a war. You and I are in the midst of a seismic conflict involving good versus evil. I know I've asked a lot of questions of you today, and I as well have asked those same questions of myself. Attending a funeral or a memorial service will make you do that, though, and make you be introspective, reflective, and all those good things. Or yet to kind of start assessing, where am I here in this life? What is it that I'm doing? What am I accomplishing? What am I doing to the glory of God? You begin to realize more and more how precious life is with all its seasons, the good seasons and the not-so-good seasons. But we are also forced to face the sobering fact that life is not promised. Now is the time for us to be better stewards of the gifts of life and time with which God has blessed us. Okay, one last question. This is the question of the hour. How will you, how will we use these gifts of life and time for his glory while optimizing his kingdom purposes? And with that, I want to say may God bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you and give you peace. We'll talk again in a couple of weeks. God bless you. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.